Welcome to the Probably Saved Podcast. Thoughts from Christians that don't fit the mold, and we definitely don't. This podcast is currently called... Probably Saved. But I had a better podcast title name that I cannot remember. Well, that's questionable because you can't remember it. I can't, but it was so good. And I was telling people about it for a while that we were going to do a podcast together and it was going to be called this something. And it was going to be about how people like use the Holy Spirit as an excuse to do something. That's just kind of a jerk move that like they just wanted to do it. And so I can't remember it, but we were thinking through what to do. We like Probably Saved because... We um, have both had people question, at least I have had people question my salvation, um, and I, I do follow Jesus, and I adhere to Christian orthodoxy and my beliefs, but um, I come from the Pacific Northwest, like you do, um, and that's why sometimes people think that we're not like good enough Christians, because... And I think even sometimes we wonder... Well, we're drinking wine while we're recording this podcast. But that has nothing to do with being saved. We know that. (laughs) Mother is questionable. So, so yeah, okay. I'm called... Yeah, so to give a little more context, our previous podcast name that we were thinking of, our second best, I guess, or maybe first best, Uncalled. And then what was the other one? Okay, I don't... I had something, again, that was really good, and this wasn't it, but, like, mission possible, or probable. Or mission improbable. Like, hey, mission improbable, because they're like, oh, I'm going to do this because the Holy Spirit told me to, but, like, maybe the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to. But wait, doesn't that sound too much like mission impossible? Yes, but I had a better <laughs> pun that I can't remember. <laughs> and that is our problem. So we would love to hear from you. Yeah. If, if there is anyone that's actually listening to this, we understand that this is our first podcast and we probably will have like two people listening to this. Your mom and my dad will listen to it. <laughs> my mom won't listen to this. She can't understand how to get to a podcast. My dad will listen to it. <laughs> my granny will listen to it. So Laura's dad, we would love your feedback. Granny, let us know <laughs> what we should call this podcast. So right now, either probably saved. Uh, mission improbable impossible who knows what kind of mission it is <laughs> or uncalled because i was called maybe to be a missionary as for you yes that is true let's introduce ourselves my name is Givorgi, and i am currently a missionary and i live well i don't live anywhere right now i'm kind of a digital nomad seeking a place lived a lot of places yes um, I used to live here in Germany, where Laura is located. Where but I prayed for five years for you to come. And the Lord did bring me. The year that I left. Yeah, so you need like to pray a little more I specifically. Left. I will work on that. <laughs> we will talk about we'll have a whole episode on prayer yeah. and how my prayers were answered, not how I wanted them. And that happens sometimes. It's so true. <laughs> and Laura is... Okay, I am also a missionary. I... Um, was a missionary five years before Giborgi. I have been teaching at an international school that's mostly missionary kids uh, in the southwest corner of Germany. And she is also a phenomenal Bible teacher and almost, we're ready soon, going to be publishing her second book. Yeah! Little plug! <laughs> um, but yes, we work not together, we but work we do work together. We work the same sending organization. Yes. Um, and we are just trying to live life and figure out what this missional life looks like. And we want to talk about it with you guys. Yeah. And we've both been Jesus followers for a long time. We knew each other 
for a lot of years before we both became missionaries. Met in the Pacific Northwest. We were best friends. Um, We were youth leaders together, worked in like every ministry of our church together. And maybe a little trauma bonded, but that's Um, a whole nother episode. It's a good time, man. (laughs) (laughs) But we were best friends um, and again, committed to following Jesus. uh, But that we discovered looks different for uh, people like based on your culture and so we like talking about what does it mean to be a Jesus follower um, without your cultural trappings mm-hmm. um, and how that influences um, our worldview and our conversations with people and just living in a different culture dealing with a whole bunch of different people from different cultures different backgrounds different sex so to speak not in a negative way of similar religious background and we are Christians I think we said that already um, if you don't figure that out, then I think we're doing something wrong. But you'll also find that I like am pretty comfortable in the habit of calling myself a Jesus follower. I use that term. Um, and I actually was teaching here for, I think, seven years before a student asked why I call myself a Jesus mm-hmm. follower instead of talking about myself as a Christian. Um, and that's because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and Christian had very like negative connotations. And when you grow up in... The Pacific Northwest, you choose whether or not you'll be a Christian. And I interacted with people um, from other parts of America who, like, they were in places where it was much more comfortable to be a Christian. You just chose which denomination of church you went to, um, which there was still plenty of, like, genuine Jesus-loving people in those churches, um, but it was it was a bit different. And so the, the implications and, like, connotations of that word has stood out to me and stuck with me. So, yeah, I use Jesus follower as, like, an identifier for myself. And I really love the words of John Mark Comer and being an apprentice of Jesus. And that is, I think, something that both Laura and I, Laura and I are striving to do in our walk as Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're just here wanting to talk about life as where we're working in a missional community as missionaries in another culture. Um, I have been living in the Czech Republic um, and recently I'm leaving and deciding to and on, on another place and I'm currently traveling and we get to experience a lot of different people, different thoughts, backgrounds, and sometimes it's really difficult. Yeah. And, <laughs> and sometimes we make it difficult. I, I find people challenging. Um, personally, I used to say I hate people, and then I realized that was not nice. Because um, whatever it means to be made in the image of God, it has to do with relationship. Uh, so I, I recognize that I struggle a lot of times with people Um, And that's on me and that's an area I'm growing in. So, uh, yeah, we have lots of conversations Mm -hmm. with each other about how difficult this is to to be around people because we're both like super high introverts Um, and we have good conversations with each other. And we've for a long time now said we should do a podcast. Yes. I think what, three, four years now? Probably. It's a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're trying this out and we really appreciate those of you who are listening that are patient with us because we have never recorded ourselves. This is new territory, at least for me, especially going into. Cause he's the tech guy. Yeah. And Laura is yeah, just, just Laura. <laughs> no, Laura is the theology one. So I'm the stupid one when it comes to theology. I just have a lot of False. life experience. <laughs> and Laura is a Bible teacher. <laughs> I have fancy pants words, but we are both actively seeking Jesus. So I'll dumb it down to make you understand a little bit better from my context. <laughs> Laura will use fancy words. <laughs> I think at this point I am 
pretty good at, I can say the fancy pants word and then say this is what it means. Um, mm-hmm. That is kind of a part of my job as I teach theology to teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. So as we had over the years thought through this, we had thought we should talk about what um, people mean when they say they're going to like listen to the Holy Spirit and what it means to actually live well when you're following mm. Jesus. Um, and then also we've had a whole bunch of ideas. So we're going to have a very irregular recording schedule. We yeah, don't know. We live in different countries. So we have to figure out the nuances of how to do that effectively. So as we kind of continue on, we're really figuring out a lot of this. And we thought maybe it would be good if maybe we should talk about where we come from. Even though we're both from the Northwest, I am first generation in America. Um, and so my cultural background is unique in the fact that I grew up in the Orthodox faith, but then later on became more, I guess, what most people would call Protestant Christian. Um, I don't really like a lot of those terms anyways, because I think they put people in a box. Yeah, so I grew up um, in a Protestant home as well, in a non-denominational church. My parents uh, loved Jesus a lot, and my sister and I grew up going to church, and we both chose to follow Jesus at a young age. Um, And how old were you? I was, I think... I remember going to Awanas um, one day and my dad like wrote the date in my Bible and I think I was six years old. Listen, mission life is confusing. That's really what we're saying. <clears throat> and that's ultimately, I think, what this conversation that's what we this want. podcast is about. Yes. About the fact that it is hard, but it's beautiful. It is. There's so many things I would not trade as complicated as they are. And every other day, I want to quit. Most days, (laughs) I have a moment where I struggle. But I think that's that's the reality of the fact that, like, I think, I I don't know what you think about this, but is missional life, especially as missionaries in another country, a little bit glamorized? Absolutely. And that was one of the things we said we wanted to talk about on this podcast of, like, Hey, um, we want to be honest with how difficult it is to be a missionary, but there are certain things that like you can't just say because missionaries are supposed to be the good Christians and like we're raising money to come serve Jesus. So, like we're the professional Christians. Yeah. Or you're looked at as that professional Christian that is like, oh, you're so holy and you have it all together and you have such a great relationship with the Lord. And it's like... I don't know about you, but that's not always the case for me. I have a great relationship (laughs) with the Lord. I do have a good relationship with the Lord. I just mean that my life is not always wonderful and peachy and God is not always great to me. We want to be honest. And I had a conversation with um, Tina, who uh, we both knew back in America, who was one of my mentors. And she and I were talking about when she came to visit me one time, how I post a weekly blog that tells honest stories of what I've been up to and what I'm doing and my my circumstances. And she was like, it's okay to be more transparent with some of your struggles. Like, you don't have to post everything on the internet because that's irresponsible. Um, and a lot of people do. That's, that's true. And even in the missional community, I think sometimes more. And even that, I don't know, sorry to interrupt you, but like in the context of posting regularly, since you do very well every week, and you don't do it out of obligation. I think it's more out of just informing your supporters. I mean, yeah. Or your people. Do you feel like, like it's I an obligation? Feel, I did. I had a period of time. I mean, like, occasionally I'll take, like, a one-week break 
I know, once a year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do feel like I, I've gotten myself into a routine of I need to post something. And some weeks is, is harder than others yeah. to, to write a post. I think as a writer, it's also good practice to definitely, regularly write. I would definitely agree that it's important for me to, like, I, on that end, of it makes me... Um, have a habit of practicing my craft I will do it every week and hopefully that eight-year habit means that my textbook is more readable for students I think it's difficult sometimes where we we as missionaries serving there is a lot of responsibility that we feel not only to like the communities that we are serving or the people groups that we're serving but then also to our support base back in America that maybe they don't expect anything, but we think that they expect. There's a lot of <laughs> tension of what do people expect of me because they're giving me money. Because to be fair, some people do have expectations when they give you money. I can speak for myself. I have some pretty awesome supporters and I'm, they would still love me if I didn't do exactly what they wanted. Um, and I actually had a conversation with one of um, a couple of friends here about my next visit to America. And I had this plan of doing an epic, like 16 city road trip around America Mm. and it completely fell through. Um, And I was really upset and I was like, I haven't seen some of these supporters since I left America eight, nine years ago. Um, And somebody was like, they don't care. Like Mm. they will still love you. And if they don't, that's, they're terrible people. And yeah, my, my supporters are awesome. And it's easy to get into that trap of feeling like you owe. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when I first get onto the field, I actually did a lot of interviews with the various different staff members of what is difficult. What was the, like the challenges of being a missionary and what was great about being a missionary. And one of the common things that constantly came up was how oftentimes as a missionary, and I've felt this too, that I, I feel like I'm a subordinate reporting into a supervisor. Or to that, 20 supervisors or yes. 50 supervisors. And having to basically relay how effective I've been in my ministry because they are providing me my salary. And I think for also both of us, because we work with like people and our ministry is to like positively impact people, you have to sell yourself in a really awkward way. Yeah, especially when you're on the administrative side of things. Uh, and maybe this is debatable, and I think my situation is more difficult than Laura's situation because she has more of a... I think it's the opposite. Let's go on. <laughs> this is great. I want to hear this. Because of working on the admin side where a lot of supporters I've had are like, why isn't your organization actually paying you a salary? And it's because our organization operates where everyone, except for like, I don't know, is a very small two percent of all there the individuals are considered like critical occupations like literally the organization will fall apart if they did not do their jobs but everyone is a missionary that is raising support to be on the field and so in that aspect it's lovely but it is difficult to get people invested and maybe i just think it's difficult or make it more difficult than it needs to be and i know you I, don't agree with me and well i'm only really saying i'm gonna affirm that's valid for sure but i think that in the sense of i can you can very tangibly say like hey ask laura like when you were doing hr stuff you could be like ask laura she knows i'm doing like i'm doing good for her specifically yeah. um whereas my role i work with minors like my students Uh, have privacy needs that are important and I need to protect them as minors. And I can tell certain stories and I can tell generalities, but I feel really uncomfortable selling 
story myself with these stories of I've been effective with students. Um, and I know like, for example, they're one of my possible routes around America was that one of my former students was going to drive me. And there are actually a couple different students willing to do it at different points. And I was very like already clearly laying out in my mind the parameters of how I would let my supporters interact with my student. Even though at that point they'd be a college student, they'd be in university, they would be a legal adult, but they were still like my child. Like they were, they were still kind of in my care in that sense. And so, and you were also recommending them to someone else or or recommending people to provide care to them. Yeah, yeah. So being being conscious of that in how I share my effectiveness because I would I would tell like this one student like if you met my supporters you would not be like they would not be allowed to ask you like how effective is Laura as a teacher yeah. or a mentor like that's, but that's why not you, okay but why do you think that's not okay though that's that's putting them on the spot and they just wanted to go on a road trip with me or go like you know like they, they didn't sign up to be a missionary true and so to have to give a report and then to like be the product in that sense that feels that feels really weird. Mm-hmm. I think we can constantly try to figure out or justify whether or not we are effective in what we're doing. I think I'm And never not. feeling effective. And I would like to validate the fact that you are effective. Actually, I was talking to someone earlier today. I got this little note from a student. I'm going to read it. It's super cute. It says, Dear Miss Hewitt, hello. And then it says her, like, I am and then her name. And she goes, May 15th is Teacher's Day in South Korea, where I am from. I always, most of the time, write letters to my teachers on this day. I'm really glad that I'm your student. She put an exclamation point. Bible story time is very fun. We do this in my Bible class um, every other lesson. During this unit, we, like, push all the desks back and sit down and do Bible story time to, like, as an enrichment activity for reviewing the content that I lectured on the day before. Anyway, so she says, Bible story time is very fun and all your classes push me and encourage me to learn more and love God more. I hope you'll keep continuing to teach because you're actually changing so many people's lives. So I'm going to like cherish this note and save it forever and keep it by my bed. What's validation? First it off. is. But then like I had another opportunity to hear about some like five of my kids today. I heard made some really dumb life choices <laughs> and that was really hard for me. And I had like... But like we said though, teenagers make dumb choices. They do. That's... that's we, we, I know I have. I can't speak for you. I have also made dumb choices, but you've made dumber ones. Um, I, <laughs> that might be another podcast. <laughs> I know that I know that there's like not my responsibility if a student makes a dumb choice, but sometimes I just look at these kids and I'm like, I've tried. I just don't see that I'm making a positive impact on certain kids. And so I need the recognition, just like I think you do too, like mm-hmm. the reminder of here's a, a tangible thing that I can see that I'm actually doing good. Yeah. And I think also for you going back to your like your thoughts on being effective with your kids, just like when we were in youth group, I think it's easy to want to have that instant gratification and those aha moments of, you know, kids coming to Jesus and expressing that they're going to spend, you know, follow after him. Where none of of our youth groups are with, well, that's not true. I I have one. I think I have one. Yeah. No, maybe two. Mm, The second one might be questionable. (laughs) 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 And if you're out there, I don't know if you know, if you know, you know, oh my gosh, I can't talk. If you know who you are, but we love you. you. Yes. Always. <laughs> they won't ever be listening to this. <laughs> Never. Not. None of our fuel kids are ever going to hear this. I love them all so much. There's no way they would listen to a podcast yeah. we did together. And sidebar of 
Fuel comment is um, our Yelby youth groups. Yes, we were youth leaders in a youth group called Fuel. We were trauma bonded through that experience. Yes, through many various different pastors. That was there was a lot of turnover in that that church and that mm-hmm. youth group the, to, during the time that we were youth leaders. Yeah, and then we both left. But I also just want to recognize in that church that church is no longer. And it, it was a beautiful story of reconciliation of what happened in the end with that church and some of the people that did leave. Um, I was one of them. And so it's just really cool what the Holy Spirit does, kind of going back to, I think a lot of our conversations are wanting to be about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing. Yeah, and absolutely. us utilizing cliches about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I think both of us would say, like, the Holy Spirit led us to that church, did good things through mm-hmm. us and, and in us when we were at that church. And it's continuing to do good and things through us. And it's absolutely, like, I still see, we still have really strong relationships with people we met through there. Most of my support team, I think, was from Westport. Um, yeah, we we definitely want to celebrate the like the, the good things that we saw. And whenever we talk about challenges, I think we would both want to look at how um, God is at work in things and has the ability to like redeem stories. And I think in anything that we do talk about, if it does come across negative. Or maybe passive aggressive or just aggressive as Laura is. I'm very aggressive. <laughs> um, please know our heart and our intent that this is not a, a venue to to slander anyone or to bash anyone. I really just wanted to just emphasize the fact because sometimes I think in the moment when we're talking about these things, it's easy to get very fired up and passionate because of the injustices that we do see. And because we are so passionate, I think, in our ministries and what we are doing, we value our sending organization incredibly. I think we really support and our coworkers. Our, yeah, and our coworkers. Our, our fellow ministry partners. Yes, all of that. And we're human and we're broken and yeah, we're not we going to say everything perfect. We are broken people, but definitely our heart is to, to have the honest conversations that do have that. Um, redemptive hope in them. We don't mm-hmm. ever want to speak of people in a way that's demeaning. We want to have hope for for all people that that we interact with. Um, their story is not over. Our story is not yeah. over. And I like what you say. Actually, there is a humanness to everyone. We are all created in God's image, and we all are valuable in His sight. Just like you are, I am. And I think we want to honor that and see when we don't see that in those moments. I hope you can encourage me and remind me. Yeah, and same. Kick me across the head. I will. I will (laughs) kick you across the internet. And 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 see the value in those things because that's another thing I think we're both passionate about is the fact that people are human and people are that imago day and we want to love people. I want to love people well. I do too. Yeah, I didn't want to talk for you. I know you did, but I won't. But I will also say, (laughs) I am working hard as I find people challenging. I want to love people well. I want to honor the image of God in them as I I speak to them and as I speak about them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we probably want to like wrap up on that note. But I think that sums up exactly what this is all about and what our hearts are, what we want to do with this. And it's, I don't, I don't think we're, we don't want to preach. No, we're not. We're not. Like, I'm not a pastor, a anyways. Of any kind, we're just processing some things that we've seen that are difficult, mm-hmm. and trying to find the ways that we can love God and love others better mm-hmm. 
in spite of the struggles around us or what are ways that we can work to grow through these things that we just see. And I I think we want to be an encouragement for those of you that are out there that are in similar situations because there's a lot of wonderful people out there that are in this type of work and service. And if you are feeling the same things that we are, you're not alone. I did a blog post about nine things that uh, missionaries don't talk about to their supporters or people back home. And I think we are coming from a place, or at least I am, Laura, you can agree or not agree, that we want to talk about the things that we we're choosing not to talk about sometimes. Yeah, and we're doing it. We, we're hoping to. We're trying to, I think, do that in a way that is honoring to all the people that for us to be able to say, like, hey, here's a situation where... I struggled with this person um, and this is what I needed to look at myself to grow in because I like my counselor and I talk all the time about how I can't make um, I can't change someone else or their reactions or responses but I can I'm only able to to deal with my own attitude and my own responses Mm -hmm. and my own responses are really terrible sometimes sometimes (laughs) mine are not great and so like we like but that's life as like best friends we've processed a lot of those with each other and um and now we're processing them with you like share them on the internet and in a like in a healthy way in a healthy way to be able to say okay we're we're seeing growth in each other i think we've both been able to grow as people over the last Thank you for listening to the Properly Saved podcast. We want to give a shout out to Martin Pfeiffer for editing this podcast and to Caffeinated for the use of an original beat. Blessings and peace.